Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey, hey, welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast. I apologize for missing the past few weeks of podcasting. We have been battling the sickness in our house. I think it is the season and truly it actually wouldn't have been so bad except for it knocked me out for much of the time too. So there you have it. Sometimes you just don't keep doing things like you want to and really all you can do is just pick back up and keep going. So a couple of weeks ago, I read this article online and it was called, I talked to 70 parents who raised highly successful adults. I thought, oh, well, that's kind of clickbait, but hey, of course, I'm going to check this out because I want to see, because I'm all about helping moms build heroes in their homes. And, you know, that comes up with successful adults. Now, of course, success can be defined in different ways, but really in this article, the author was asking, what is a parent's role in raising smart, confident, successful children? And, you know, That's what we really want is to have confident children who can navigate life, who are kind to other people, who are going on their own journey, and they're having success in the fact that they're overcoming challenges and doing good things. They're progressing. So what this author went on to say in the article was she'd interviewed at least 70 different parents to ask them, um, what did you do to have your kids be so great? And um, she really just distilled her findings to these four basic rules that the parents mostly followed. Now, they didn't always emphasize one rule over, and I mean, all the rules. Maybe they just focused on one more than others, which is great because that just means there's a lot of different ways to parent to help our kids. But if we look deeper and we look at the principles, we can all follow these principles. It's interesting to learn about this so that we can learn and decide how we're going to apply in our lives. So what I thought I'd do is go through these four rules and my take on them and how they can apply to homeschooling too. Okay. So number one was give kids extreme independence. Okay. I thought this one was very interesting and we'll chat about this a bit. Because I think a lot of times we do feel like as parents, we have to do everything for our kids. And you definitely need to when they're babies because they're helpless, you know? Um, Maybe though, as they get older, we don't let go of that so much and we keep doing everything. Maybe they could do more things for themselves. But I also think maybe a bigger problem is that we keep doing a lot of things for our kids that they could actually do for themselves just because we're kind of just stuck in the habit or we don't really think about it or maybe because we don't like how they do it. So, yeah, that's interesting to think about. Now, for me, I imagine there are certain things that I've definitely not allowed my kids to be independent in. Um, and that is partly because I think I can do it better and faster. So I just want to do it for them because, you know, I don't want the power struggle of having them do it. (laughs) And the thing is, is I truly can probably do it faster and better than them. But at the same time, if I don't let them do it, they're not going to learn how to do it. Right. Uh, in other areas, 
I have been really great at allowing extreme independence. And I have to say too, having more kids actually makes it easier for you to allow more independence in the kids just because you there's only one of you and many of them. But if you don't have lots of kids, that's okay too. You can still be aware and intentional in allowing their independence. So um, in one area, cooking. Okay. Some of my kids have really want to try that out. And um, instead of, well, my first instinct really is to say, oh, it's such a mess. And, and they waste food when it doesn't turn out, you know, but I had to intentionally choose to say, you know what? It's going to be okay for them to experiment because that's how they're going to learn. It's okay for them to make messes and then they're going to learn how to clean them up. Um, you know, so I have some kids who are really good cooks at young ages, even because I've allowed them to experiment. I also have some kids who aren't good cooks because they really had no interest in experimenting either. Right. So just in the kitchen, allowing the kids to have independence is great. Now, at some point, usually when you're allowing them to have that independence and experiment, um, they, they realize, you know, might help to have some extra learning experiences, like maybe having a recipe or watch some how-to videos or ask mom for advice. And once they do that, then they can step it up even more. That's just part of the learning process. Um, but sometimes it's just better for them to discover that in their independent way than for you hovering over them and telling them every single thing that they have to do because they can't hear it because they weren't interested, right? Um, we also had another great learning opportunity uh, or an experience when I got this opportunity to learn a Cricut maker machine. And part of me is thinking, I don't have time for that, but um, it is a cool craft machine that will cut out almost anything. And my daughter was really interested and she loved it. So this friend of ours needed some bags printed with her logo on it. And she asked if my 11 year old could do it because she loves supporting kids this way, which is awesome. Well, of course, my 11-year-old really couldn't do it. She had figured out a few things, though, and she she was enjoying it, but she didn't know how to do this particular method. But she was interested in learning it, so I let her run with it, and she got frustrated, and she asked for help. And so that is when I stepped in, and I helped her figure it out. So extreme independence doesn't really mean you completely leave them on their own, right? It means having the wisdom to know when to step in. Now, when it comes to academic education, how much independence are we giving our kids? Or do we sit there and guide them through every single thing? You know, how much do we dare give our kids? Now, often we don't let our kids have independence because we're so worried that they're going to get behind. Now, I'm not saying you can't help them or anything like that, but what I am saying is might be good to think about this. What am I doing for my kids that they could do for themselves? And the thing is, too, is, you know, a lot of times we don't want to give more independence because we're so worried they're going to not do it and get behind. But we all know We've all noticed this too, right? That when you're interested in something, you can actually learn it quite quickly, right? But we still have this in our mindset that we need years and years of practice. Otherwise, they're just not going to get it. They're not going to master it. But that's not even true, really, right? Practice does definitely improve skills, for sure. 
But willingness and interest in something is going to way cut down on the amount of practice you need. So for example, my daughter, she's not super interested in math, but you know, I give her samples and, and stuff here and there. And she, she did do some, but not too much. And she, she understood some and that's okay. And this year she comes to me, she says, I really want to learn math this year. Great. And because she's willing, she's going to learn it so much faster, but she's probably going to have to learn how to um, get herself to practice it more too, even when she doesn't want to. So it's really kind of a give and take here, but allowing our kids that independence is such a good thing. Now, you're probably not ready to give your kids extreme independence in all the areas, right? And I, I don't think we have to do that, but I do think it's a great concept to think about. You know, ask yourself, what am I doing for my kids that they could learn to do for themselves? Am I doing it just so I don't have a power struggle? Maybe. And maybe sometimes that's okay. Um, but it is good to ask that. What could I let go of and allow them to have a learning journey on? And the really good thing about practicing this parenting rule is that it can free you up a lot, save you a lot of time because they can do it, right? You don't have to do all the things. All right. Number two is uh, the parenting rule is nurture compassion. Okay. And I love this because this is really kind of the main purpose of our lives is to use our skills and talents to help other people. And that's really what brings us joy in life. So as we're moving towards that and helping our kids understand that, ah, helps them so much. And we all know that as parents, right? Now, I do have to wonder sometimes though, how much some of these mental health issues we're seeing these days are because our young adults are growing up not knowing how to take care of themselves because they weren't allowed independence. Um, and they don't understand that true happiness comes from helping other people. Because many of them believe that happiness comes from just doing whatever feels good to them, you know? Then they think that's freedom to do whatever they feel like. Like um, spending a money, eating junk food, going to the spa, eating, you know, eating whatever they want, getting into relationships and just doing whatever they want. Um, but the whole point is... <clears throat> What if they had learned to create good habits to nourish their bodies and take care of their bodies so that they could feel good in order to help other people? What if we helped our kids see that when we do good, we really do feel good? It's a good thing, right? Now, nurturing compassion doesn't really take a whole lot of extra time, but it just takes extra intention and a shift of mindset. I think sometimes we forget it because we become so focused on our own problems, we forget to nurture the compassion. And I think, especially with mothers, oh, it's such an interesting dichotomy here because the very nature of motherhood is all about learning compassion, right? We have these little humans who can't care for themselves and we love them so much, but sometimes we do get overwhelmed and it is too much. Um, not the love, the two, the all the things, right? And sometimes we get caught in this trap of, why do I have to do everything? I'm always just give, 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 you know? It always helps me to reset to gratitude, to remember to take care of myself and and um, get out of the me attitude into the compassionate frame of mind. That's not always easy to do, but that's definitely going to make me feel better when I change my thoughts to think about that. 
And as we practice having compassion for our little ones who are not perfect and neither are we, and we have compassion for other people's differences and their faults, then we can better nurture our children. And the more we nurture our children that way, the more compassionate they're going to feel and the happier they're going to be. Now, I have been thinking about this a lot lately before I even read the article because I was like not feeling very compassionate probably. <laughs> and I I came to this conclusion that one of the best ways for me to start nurturing compassion was to look at myself, right? And my reaction when I was asked to do something for someone else, or I just had a thought to do something good, because what was my normal reaction? Well, quite often I'm complaining or I'm listening to that soundtrack in my head that says, why doesn't anybody ever clean up around here? Why am I the only one that does anything? Why am I the only one that notices these things? And I was getting really annoyed and frustrated and I just didn't really want to do it. And um, yeah, when I took that closer look at myself, I thought, yeah, I'm doing a lot of complaining and feeling very frustrated and not very compassionate. And then when I looked at my kids and I was all annoyed with them, I was realizing they're just copying what I'm doing. And that's no good either. So I thought, okay, this is great to notice because now we can do a little reset. We can nurture more compassion and we can do like maybe a family challenge to help them learn to be more willing and not complain and not grumble, right? We can check ourselves the same way and we can turn to compassion. It makes us feel a lot happier because we're not focused on all the grumpy things of life. And it really does make me feel more happy when I'm not complaining. Um, and like I said, it makes a huge difference for my kids when I'm grumbling and complaining, having to do everything around here, no one helps versus when I'm thanking them for being compassionate, helpful, and being willing to do the things I've got to do. And that really is a big part of having compassion. It's learning to be a problem solver. Problem solvers are not complaining about the things, but instead they're asking questions like, do things really have to be this way? How can I make them better instead of just complaining about it? All right. Number three is welcome failure early and often. Okay. This is such a hard one because nobody likes to fail, right? And as homeschooling mamas, I know that is one of our biggest fears that we're going to fail our kids. Like we do not want to do that. <laughs> nobody wants to do that. Because when we're, we choose to take this responsibility for educating them, that's scary, right? That's a big thing. And we don't want to fail them because we don't want to feel like a failure. Crazy, right? But the problem is we tend to forget that failure is actually part of the learning process. We have to fail in order to learn. And if we're not taking it on as our identity, it's going to be okay, right? Feeling does not mean that you're a failure unless you choose to believe that. And that's no good. Feeling really just means that you are trying new things, which means that you're trying new things because you want to get better. You don't want to stay where you are. So that's why I love this parenting role. And that's also why I have to keep reminding myself because I don't like to fail either. But the more I <laughs> fail, the more I learn. I, I really do. And it's okay to let my kids fail at things because it doesn't make me a failure and it doesn't make them a failure either. 
it's okay as long as we can reframe that self-talk from I'm a failure to I'm learning. We can choose easy and give up or we can choose awesome and keep going, right? Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons why I think sometimes we don't want to let our kids fail is because it is messy and it does sometimes waste resources or it seems like that, right? And when my daughter was making those personalized bags using the Cricut machine, she probably messed up 20% of the bags. Like, yikes, that's costly. Except for when you reframe it, I could say, you know what? For the cost of about $20 in bags, maybe 25, she learned how to do it. She got good at it. But had she not been able to mess up, she could have just said, oh, I can't do this. I'm no good and quit. But that's not what we want, right? And guess what else? When I was trying to help her figure it out too, <laughs> I messed some up too. <laughs> I didn't mess up as many because I have a little more experience, but I totally messed up. And the mess ups were what helped me figure out how to do it right. Had I not messed up, I wouldn't have known. And she wouldn't have known either. So messing up, failing does not make somebody a failure. Now, with homeschool, <laughs> wow, this is such a hard one because I think a lot of times what we do is we buy all this curriculum and it just doesn't seem to work for us. We mess up and we think, oh, I'm not cut out for this, right? But it's not because we were bad at choosing the curriculum or we're messing up a homeschool. It just meant that we actually have the courage to try it. I mean, like that is impressive. And if it's not working, we don't have to give up. We can still choose awesome and keep going and keep trying. Still, at the same time, I do fully understand this guilt of wasted resources and wasted money. I could go through and think, oh my gosh, I have wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on a curriculum that we have never used. But you know what? I learned so much from all those mistakes that I made. And it really helped me to know what didn't work for me. And it helped me know what I did like. And it was okay. I wasn't wasting money. I was learning. So let's stop trying to save our kids from failure. And let's reframe our own mess ups and failures as learning. And we're going we're to learn from these things. All right. So the last parenting rule is let go of control and lead by following Okay, so at this point, we've had four rules, and I kind of feel like three of them are the same thing, <laughs> and they all really interlap, but they're all principle-based, which is why it keeps coming back, okay? So in like in order to allow extreme independence and allow failure and to nurture compassion, we have to let go of the control. <laughs> we, we can't do it all for them, and really, we shouldn't. So... Um, there's a book called Building Resilience in Children and Teens. And the author says, getting out of the way is a challenge. <laughs> we want to help fix and guide the kids. But we have to remind ourselves that when we let them figure out things for themselves, then what we're communicating is this. I think you are competent and wise. And that totally builds confidence in kids, right? When you're trying to do it all for them, what does that communicate? Oh, you're not very good at this. I'm way better. So, you know, might as well just let me do it because I'm so much better than you. Yeah, that's not what we want to communicate. <laughs> but with letting go of control and leading by following, what we're really saying is we want to see what our kids 
want to do, what their passion is, what they're good at, and allow their gift to reveal itself. And then we support it. We tell them how proud of they are, we are of them for going on their journey and, and making progress and trying things and failing, you know, and we keep telling them again and again, and again, until they believe it, because we all have the negative self-talk and the world's going to give them their negative self-talk. We might as well have the parents encouraging them to believe in them. And that's really what building heroes is all about. It's supporting them on their journey and helping them know that. So we lead in this situation with our kids by following their lead. We can also lead by leading the way by forging our own paths on our own journeys and finding our own passions and gifts to help other people too. So for this rule, our main thing is really get out of the way whenever possible and encourage them. And we can't fix them because they're not broken. And we don't want to do it all for them because how are they going to learn? So I I enjoyed reading these four parenting rules and applying them to homeschooling and our own building heroes path as well. So just to recap, these are the four parenting rules again um, that, that are just good to be aware of and you try to follow, but of course not perfectly because we've got to have the failures too, right? So number one is allowing extreme independence. Number two is nurturing compassion. Number three is welcoming failure early and often. And number four is letting go of control and to lead by following. So yes, let's build heroes together. Let's allow our kids to go on their journeys and to learn and grow. And let's allow that for ourselves too. I'm really excited for our Black Friday offer that's coming up. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it or not, but I am going to, and it's going to be awesome. So watch for that. And do join us as we build heroes together because we weren't meant to do this all alone. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.